Hello friends and welcome to an early edition of the Kings of Anglia Ipswich Town podcast. I'm your host Mark Heath, with me the Hutch Man, Hutch Hogan, Andy Warren and the big porker, El Porco, the big pork thing, the pork blanket, Mike Bacon. Um, and we're back friends earlier than planned this week because Town have made a signing, which means I can do this, which is a signing klaxon. It doubles up as the time up, but it's also a signing klaxon. Ipswich Town have made a signing, friends, already this summer. It's very exciting indeed. Fabulous Freddie Ladapo, striker, formerly of Rotherham, proven at League One level, has signed for Ipswich Town. Three-year deal. I'm going to issue the usual intros this week, Andy, because I'm so excited about Town making a signing. I'm going to come straight to you for your thoughts on this signing. I can't ignore the elephant in the room, of course, in that we've already spoken about Freddie quite a few times on this podcast. And every time you've spoken about him, you said, not at my club, not interested. Doesn't set the pulses racing. Well, now, he is at Ipswich Town. How are you feeling about it? Right, I've come prepared with what I actually <laughs> said about Freddie Ladipo because I I had a feeling that you might, you might amp it up a bit. I don't remember saying not at my club. Um, what what I actually said was he doesn't set my pulse racing. He has a very good history of League One goals, but I don't know why it just doesn't set my pulse racing. If they were to sign him, it would feel to me they're still looking for another one, maybe the main man. I might be proven horribly, horribly wrong, but it doesn't thrill me. That's I what I believe, said. I cannot believe you transcribed that and written it down. Um, yep. Well, I felt I felt I needed to because <laughs> because because if I, if I'm being completely honest. I had I had fears that you might have amped it even further than what you actually just did, if I'm being okay. honest. So um, I came prepared. You know me well. Um, let's just kick off, though, with your actual thoughts now he's at the club. Um, clearly, you've said what you've said. Um, how are you feeling now, though? He's a town player, first signing of the summer, striker. That's what we wanted. Um, through the door, Hotchie's first take. It's one that really interests me. I, look, yeah. I, I, I've... I've, I've um, Talking about him off lists, no, it didn't set my pulse racing, but he definitely interests me. Clearly, as we've always said, he's got a good goal record. He's averaged 17 in three League One in his last three League One seasons, 51 goals in total, and no Ipswich strikers managed that. Clearly, no one's got close to 17 um, mm. in a season. So, in that sense, it's an upgrade. But Joe Piggott was also an upgrade who, who hit more than 20 for, for Wimbledon and it didn't it didn't happen for him. Um, the reason it interests me is I think I think one way or another, something's going to need to change. I think he will either need to change the way he plays or Ipswich will need to change the way they play to get the best out of him. Mm. Um, and I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. You have to remember he's come from Rotherham, um, who have a very, very distinct way of playing football, which couldn't be further away from Ipswich's way of playing football, um, which... Maybe maybe means he was shackled a little bit by that style. Could show something different under McKenna. Um, but the town boss knows what he wants, doesn't he? From from players, he has set profiles on 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 positions. Um, and I like Kieran McKenna's football. I like Kieran McKenna's approach. So anyone that he's picked out that he thinks is going to do the business in that system is um is is good for me. But my real thought is maybe maybe it's a good thing not to have your pulse set racing by by new signings. We've been there before, haven't we? With with mm. players that if we're being all being completely honest, we watch Ipswich Town every single week, every minute of every Ipswich Town game. That's what we watch. We don't know these players in intricately. Um and we um, and we've maybe got a bit overexcited by by players who um 
have come with certain skill sets, highlight reels, reputations. People have said things about them. Um, but I'm just looking forward to seeing how he fits with what McKenna wants to do and, and kind of make a make it an own opinion um, hmm. from, from a blank canvas. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to do that more with, with football players. Um, but I hope he's in, I hope he's incredibly successful and hits, sets my pulse racing. Um, throughout it's a the tough, season. It's a tough task to set Andy Hutch Warren's pulse racing, unless you're a kit. Um, that's, that's pretty much it, isn't <laughs> it? <laughs> yeah, that, that um, is it. That is it to be fair. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, we'll come back to where he fits maybe in a little bit. Um, Hutchie, but I want to go to Mike, but before we get to Mike, I want to read out some stats and results. So Freddie Ladapo, Newtown striker, 241 career games, 80 goals. That's roughly one in three, which is a decent strike rate for a striker. Last season, 15 goals in 41 games. Season before that, nine in 43. Season before that, 17 in 39. And in 2018-19, his big breakthrough season at Plymouth, he scored 19 in 49 games. So a proven record at this level. We asked the KOA Army last night when he signed, said, what is Freddie Ladapo? Is he a great signing, a good signing, a meh signing or a bad signing? Great signing, 21%. Good signing, 68%. Meh, which Mike, if you need that translating, is just meh. Um, that's 9%. And bad signing, 2%. That's over 500 votes on that poll. So a decent little sample size. Um, Mike, he's given his first interview at the club. What, what did you? What did he say and, and what did we learn? Um, well, look, I mean, he sounded, I mean, he, he's, it's, it's, the interview itself obviously is very positive. I mean, obviously he's delighted to be a three-year deal. I think he's 29 years old. It's a good three, good, good deal for a 29-year-old, three years, Ipswich Town. Mm. Um, yeah, I mean, he was, um, he was excited. He, it's a great club. It's a great history. We've got great fans, you know, that sort of thing. I think I've heard that once or twice, but uh, yeah, tick, tick, tick. New signing um, bingo. Yep. <clears throat> yeah. But to be fair to him, look, I mean, he, the one thing I did like, he, he, Clearly, Kira McKenna has has had a bit of an influence on on this. Um, mm. He's obviously spoken to McKenna before, you know, in recent months. This has not just suddenly come out of the blue. Um, and he was very quick to praise. He liked Kira McKenna's uh, the way he he wants to play his football. The way he talked to him about family, saying he liked Kieran's uh, you know thoughts on family and stuff. And so obviously had a bit of a personal chat with Kieran. But wait, not just all football. Um, and that clearly, you know, that clearly impressed him or not I mean you know yeah the deal's a deal and over three years that's a good deal for him but you know Ipswich Town does have a good a good history has got a good family background has had a good it's a good good it's a feel-good place and I think McKenna brings that even more to 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 new signings who it's players he wants and that was clearly part of how Ladapo, you know, Freddie felt. I'm going to call him Freddie. I'm not going to call him Ladapo. I mean, Ladapo's too. I'm um, Freddie is his name. I'm going to call him Fast Freddie as well. From a yeah. from off. Anyway, so um, yeah, that's um, no Freddie. He's you know he was he was obviously delighted. He had a long day apparently. He had to get. He had been there since nine. I mean, can you imagine starting to work at nine? I mean, just disgraceful. Oh, oh dear. Extraordinary. He was still there at five. Incredible. <laughs> <laughs> but no, look, he had a long day. A lot of medicals. A lot of stuff going on. Uh, but he looked, look, he looked delighted to be here. He, he mm. came over really well. It was nice to see him, yeah, nice and smiley and, and, and enjoying him and, and looking forward to it all. I think he was then told apparently pre-season starts about two weeks. I don't think he's had much of a break yet. So he said he got, he'll perhaps nip off for a, for a quick break. But um, no, good luck. Good luck to him. I mean, it's, you know, he, he looked, he looked really positive. And particularly this conversation with McKenna, I think this, 
this was quite interesting, you know, because mm. this is a Kira McKenna signing. You know, mm. Joe Piggott wasn't a Kira McKenna signing as much as we talk about Joe. You know, Kira, um, you know, Freddie is. So this is McKenna. You know, he's McKenna's baby, really, and it's up to him to sort of make it work, isn't it? So, uh, mm. but his interview was good. Hmm. Obviously, the, the big question is what we call him. I mean, you've gone with Fast Freddy. There's clearly Fabulous Freddy. His nickname's obviously going to be Lad in terms of footballers because that's what they do. They add an S or a Y to a, a surname, don't they? So he's going to be Lads. Um, but other than that, Hutchie, the nicknames, which maybe I'm more interested in than anyone else, the big question really is where he fits because, as you said before, at Rotherham, he was mostly part of a two, wasn't he, with Smith? Um, McKenna singing their praises earlier in the season. Um, so does this for you see a shift in the way that town are going to play football indicate that, or do you think he's going to kind of fit into the, the lone striker kind of system that we saw last season with, uh, with K Mac? Not necessarily. I don't think, I think Kieran, Kieran said so many times about how his, his football isn't about formations and numbers mm. and uh, or systems. It's about philosophies and approaches. Um, I don't think there'll be a, a set idea of, of exactly exactly what's going to happen every single week. Um, they can play with two up top and one in behind. They can play with two in behind, one up top. I think it'll be, I think it'll be flexible, but I am interested to see what, what happens with, with, with Ladapo because you say he's played in a two. He, he did at the beginning, he was kind of in a one, in a one, but also in a three at the same mm. time. And then playing in a front two was with Michael Smith, who's obviously a bit of proper big boy, mm. um, there is no proper big boy at Ipswich Town at the moment, in my opinion. I don't think that's what they, that's what they're going to do. Um, so either way, that's going to have to be something a little bit, a little bit different for him, um, which is why it interests me so much. What's he like as a player? We talked last week about Town wanting to sign dynamic, mobile, athletic players who can move up through the leagues. You've seen him a few times, actually. What What is he like as a player? What his qualities as a player? For those who have maybe not seen him as much. He's got pace and power, which is which are two things that that McKenna w- would want in a striker. But mm. for me, he seems to me like uh, and look, we see him twice a season at best. It's it's really it's not not something that we can judge completely. And I, I don't I don't want to like completely judge a football player on, on what I've seen in the past. But like read, reading what others have said and, and speaking to other people who have. Who have watched him more regularly? They t- they talk about a player who's who's really good at finding gaps between defenders and punishing gaps between defenders, taking mm. up positions in the penalty area, um, a bit fox in the boxy at times, capable of scoring other goals too. Um, can play with his back to goal a little bit, um, but mainly a striker who who's good at clever taking up positions, punishing gaps between defenders, and 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 testing testing people a little bit. Some others will tell you that. He's not so involved in in a lot of the play. The the work rate's not always like right at the top of the list of his attributes. That doesn't mean mm. he can't do it. That that might that might be what Rotherham asked him to do because of because of how how they they operate. So, but but they're getting a they're getting a player that's got a skill set that Kira Bikena likes, and I think that's the most important the most important thing um, with all of these players that come into the club that they've got a clear role of what they're what they're going to mm. be. Mm. What I like about him as well, apart from the potential for nicknames and, and the qualities that he brings, is the fact he's really had to graft for the, a career because he's, he's come up through non-league, hasn't he? Was it Colchester? I read last night Carl Marston, formerly of this parish, saying he would never think that one day the Freddie Ladapo that he saw at Colchester would be signing for Ipswich Town. Um, so he's had to graft and work and kind of climb his way up through the leagues. Um, 
to a point where he's been successful and, and can can make moves like this. Uh, move, you know, last night, generally well received, I would say, by town fans. But Mike, is he the, in big quote marks, the striker that town need to sign this summer? I.e., is, is he going to be the main man, the big striker signing that we're all hoping and, and, and waiting for? Well, you see, I'm with Thatcher on this. I Part of me, I I, I don't know. I, and part of me likes to think, no, he's not. Mm. I'd like to think there might be somebody else, and with all due respect to, to Freddie, bigger. Um, obviously, mm. he's done it at League One, you know, it, um, but so Joe Piggott. I keep mentioning Piggott, but, that you know, this feels almost like another Joe Piggott signing. Really, he's very excited and a play. He's got a great track record in League One and all this, that and the other, but never really did it last season, unfortunately. Um Look, we've lost two strikers already, so you're going to have to replace at least, you know, you have to get at least one in, maybe two. So he's on a free. I mean, it's it's a little bit of a no-brainer, really. I don't. It, there's there's not a lot. You, you can't really lose much signing Freyland mm. Zappo uh, for a league, you know, for your League One side. He he could he could well be the main man. I'd be surprised if he is. I'd be surprised if it's the last striker town sign this season. I'm, I, I might be wrong, but I'd, I'd be mm. very surprised. Um, but he's a great asset to the squad, isn't he? I mean, he's, he's, he's as, as Andy said, you know, he's proven at this level. He's come up through the ranks. He's proved it at League One. He proved he can score goals at this level. Um, obviously, Rotherham didn't want to extend his contract for or take what is the option out for another 12 months. Now they've moved in the championships. Maybe there's a reason for that. You know, whatever. You know, we don't know. Um, but he's proven at this level. So he's great. But he answer your question. I hope there might be somebody else. Yeah, you're I not mean, wrong. You're not wrong, Mike. There's definitely going to be another. There's got to be another striker coming in. Mm. I, I feel sure of that. What does it mean? Because now you've got Caden. Now you've got Freddie under contract. Piggott's still there. Hutchie, do you, do you think one more and that's it, or do you, do you feel like Piggott might be on his way out the door? I think both. Both. I, I, yeah, I do. Um, mm. I, I, I just don't think. We've said it for for quite a long time. I'm not. I'm just not sure for for all of Joe Pickett's qualities. He doesn't. I don't think he fits the way that Kieran McKenna wants to play. I think if he did, we'd have seen an awful lot more of him in the second, sort mm. of the final third of the season than we did. Um, how that one comes to a head, I, I don't know. Um, might take a while um, for that for that to happen. But but I'd be I I would be surprised if he's if he's here once the window closes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And just before we move on from from the signing, I suppose we should address something else, which was happening last night. A lot of salt from Rotherham fans, um, saying, pouring scorn on Freddie's character. Obviously, he has to leave the club in January, which is why they uh, they didn't take the extension he wanted to leave. Um, some suggestions that he's maybe not a good locker room guy, um, Andy. But you've been doing a bit of research. You found some nice quotes to the contrary, perhaps. Yeah, it's from. Um... From the first team coach at Rotherham, Matt Hamshaw, offers a really nice sort of rounded view of him as an individual. I think there's a feeling at Rotherham that some of the timings of some of the decisions he made wasn't weren't mm. weren't particularly helpful both for him and and for the club. But everybody speaks really quite well of him as a as a as a person, as a as a good guy, someone who likes to better himself, and um, who once that transfer request went in and he stayed at the club post the window closing trained really hard came in what did his work um got back in the team played played at Wembley for Rotherham after that um so we've seen that with Tyreek with Tyreek Backinson he he arrived mm. here after with on sort of after a, a tongue lashing from from Nigel Pearson and if, if you ask anybody at Ipswich 
like from the the players, the management, the club staff, they'll talk to you about a really likable, hardworking, professional professional guy. So, um, that's the, the kind of his exit from Rotherham doesn't doesn't bother me in 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 the slightest. I think you could see from the four minute interview you were talking about, Mike. There's a there's a, a likable person in there, isn't there? And um, um all about how he how he does at Ipswich now that's in the that's in the past um he scored he scored a lot of goals for Rotherham and some some big mm. moments for them so um i think that's i think that's how a lot of the staff and players there will remember him rather than than kind of how it how it ended mm. okay signing number 1 in the summer done not even june freddie ladapo striker proven record in league 1 already in the building fantastic friends last week we were going to talk um, <clears throat> about players who might leave this summer, which seems quite an apt way to move on. We've already mentioned Joe Piggott there, um, so we probably don't need to go over the pig again. Um, but I wrote a piece last week, seven players who might leave town this summer, um, got the people going, did a video on it as well. Lots of people watched it, lots of people had things to say. So I thought it's worth talking about again now. Um, and the elephant in the room, which I threw into that, basically to capture the attention and also because you know we have to talk about it, Sam Morsey, the skipper, Andy, you've wrote you've wrote a piece um predating that piece that I did about why town had to keep Sam Morsey. And when I say players who might leave, clearly this is a worst case scenario. Under no circumstances do we want or the club want Sam Morsey to leave, but it will be inevitable given how good of a player he is and his proven record at the championship level, that there's going to be interest, you would think, um, from above this summer. Wigan obviously already been linked. Um, so by way of kicking this off. And I'm going to come to you first. Sam Morsey, players who could leave. There's really only one way that will happen, isn't there? Um, well, I, I guess a bonkers offer, millions and millions and millions of pounds from from someone above. Or if Morsey himself decides, actually, I don't fancy another year in League One. Um, I should, you know, I'm 30. I'm in my prime. I want to be in, in the Championship at least. Um, but all the signs so far are very much that, that Morsey's bought in to the Ipswich Town project. Correct. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think it's it's pretty clear that that get coming down to League One and um, and coming to Ipswich, Ipswich in the manner the manner he that he did after some years in the Championship wasn't something that was on on kind of Sam's agenda a year ago. Mm. This time last year, he wasn't dreaming of a, a move to League One. Absolutely not. It maybe took a little while to get ahead around that, but. Um, in terms of playing for Kieran McKenna, I think it's pretty clear that he enjoys the football, um, showing that on the pitch. Um, mm. There's every suggestion that he's there's a good relationship between the two of them, enjoys the the club. Who wouldn't enjoy playing for a club that's getting 26,000 people to to dead rubber games on the final day of the season? What's not to like about that? And um, yeah, he, he's going to be linked with other clubs, though, because he's a, a solid championship performer over a number of years. Um Wigan, the public one, but there's, I'm sure, uh, I'm sure there's plenty of clubs that have looked in five or six. I think I, I, I would mm. say, um, for I gather, um, so of course they're going to be looking at looking at him, but looking at him and kind of making that move happen are very, very different things. Mm. Right, so I'll read out the list that I've got, and we can maybe have a little bit of a general roundtable discussion, Mike, coming to you next. So. Morsey, Piggott, Hladke is an obvious one. Clearly already been linked with Aberdeen. Very much the backup keeper here. Um, I've got Tyree Simpson, striker, want away. Peter were already linked. And, and then the likes of Armando Dobra, uh, Rakeem Harper, 
clearly it's not really worked out yet for Akeem um, and Idris El Mazzouni all in that mix. So of those names, Mike, where do you want to start and, and, and what do you think of that? What, what your list? My list, players who might leave, any you want to throw into the mix? Let's have a well, chat. A pretty, pretty, I've, I've listened to the list. Thank you. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, no, <laughs> great list, Heathy. Very, don't mind thank, saying thank great you. List. Yeah. yeah, yeah, great list. And uh, um, I would suggest if I was Raheem Harper, I'd pretty well probably want to be making some sort of move somewhere, um, unless he suddenly thinks he's going to get a chance with uh, with McKenna. I would think he's the sort of player for a young player who would, would probably want to, you know, he's getting the stage where he's going to want to start establishing himself somewhere. And crew, crew Alexander wasn't the place. Um, Dobra's interesting, isn't he? Um, you know, he sort of came back. He came back for the under twenty threes for for a couple of games. I don't quite know what's going on there. I mean, is he a player that you might want to keep and have a look at? Um, I don't see why she'd want. I mean, see, look, people, players want to go. Of course, it is. All players want to play first team football. And they want to play as high as they can, and all this, that, and the other. But it's not as easy as that. It's all about their contracts and how much someone's prepared to pay. Um, Dobra want to, but Dobra went to Colchester because he wanted to play first team football. It might have been a lead down, but it's because he wanted to play in the first team. It didn't really happen. Hmm. Um, so he came back to Ipswich. Is he going to suddenly start the Ipswich first team? I don't know. It's, it's a difficult one for a young player like him. Very difficult. He doesn't quite know what to do. He doesn't stick or twist, really. Does he stick at Ipswich and hope he gets a chance or you know take a chance like he did at Colchester? It doesn't come off. Um, yeah, I mean, Harper's the one I think is the one I would I would suggest we'll, we'll probably definitely move on. We've mentioned Piggott enough times. So Piggott's a strange one, though, isn't he? I mean, what's he got another two years to go on his deal and stuff, I think, you know, it's going to cost someone to get, he's not just going to walk. I mean, he's, you know, that mm. he's not going to tear out his contract and say, I'm leaving, is he? Um, someone's got prepared to pay for him. His stats last year weren't that great. So yes, I dare say he wants to leave, but will he leave? Idrisumi, um, yeah, you know, I think he'll stay, he'll stay because I think he's, he started to make some strides last season at this football club in one or two games. If I was him, I'd want to stay, but I'm starting to cover every one of the players you've said now is if I've ruined the whole feature, I probably have. I mean, I'm sorry, but there you go. There's um, I probably missed one or two out. I like, um, I like, I like the uh, the creation of the name Idrimazun. Idrimazun, yeah. I think you called him, yeah. I'm um, sorry, what? Sorry, sorry. <laughs> Elder, Elder, El, oh, no, Mazzuni. Mazzuni. Um, I mean, I, I must be El Mazzuni is a player I actually very much like, and I, mm. I hope he doesn't go anywhere. To be honest, I think. How old is he, Andy? What? What? He must be what, 21, 20, 21, 20? I think. Yeah, seems like he's been around forever, doesn't it? He does, but he's, he's, he's a player. He's a player I'd like to see Ipswich Town develop it and set that midfield. He's big and he's grown. He's got bigger and stronger. You he's know, just not he, going to play, though, is he, Mike? That's the problem. Well, where's he get, he's got too too many people in front of him. Obviously, Morsey and Evans are mm. going to be the starters, you'd think. So where does he fit in? And with Harper, I know what you mean about Harper, but for me, I think of all the players that are on the kind of fringe, he's the one I'm most excited about McKenna potentially working with, given his pedigree, his history. Clearly a good player. Um, so I'd, I'd really like to see McKenna get his claws into him, so to speak, and and, and coach him up. Uh, and Piggott, I, I think there has to be some sort of value in him, don't you, Hutchie? In, in terms of, yes, he didn't have a very good year last year, but he didn't really play a lot. Um, but he is proven at this level in in worse teams, as it were. So you'd think there might be interest out there. Someone might be wanting to take a chance on him, bringing a, a proven scorer. I'm sure that I'm sure there'll be interest. Yeah, is yeah. but 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 he's an Ipswich Town player now. He's he's mm. not a. You're not signing him from Wimbledon now. So the the finance involved in signing him from Wimbledon and signing him from Ipswich is very 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 different. Um, mm. So there's just there's just more factors at play. Um, the interest won't be a problem, I I would imagine. But 
that interest being converted into a deal might be that little bit more little bit more difficult. I still think it will happen because it, I, I'm convinced they'll sign one more striker on top of the t- the two the two in Ladipo and, and Jackson, and mm-hmm. I don't think they need to have a fourth um, of Joe Piggott's caliber. Let's say um, he he he's better than a fourth choice striker at Ipswich. So yeah. Are there any one of the things I got from that with people saying Matt Penny should have been on this list? Um, clearly, very much that you'd imagine a, a backup. How do you feel about Penny Hutchie in terms of his future at the club? I would describe Matt Penny as a perfectly serv- serviceable backup left wing back. Hmm. So, if you get rid of him, you're going to have to then go and replace him. So, I, I actually quite like Matt Penny in many ways. I don't think we saw the best of him anywhere near enough on a consistent basis. But I think if you if you suddenly if you try to move him on, you're just going to have to go out and replace him on top of bringing in a left sider ahead of him. So mm. I think you're creating unnecessary work for yourself there. Yeah. Are there any others you would add into the mix, either of you, in terms of players who, who might leave, could leave, should leave? No, not really. Not. I think the thing, the thing is, you, you know, you, you need a squad. You need a squad to get out of these of, of League One or League or any any league. Doesn't matter. You need a squad of players. As Hutchie just said about Penny, you know, you, you can talk about getting rid of Penny. You can sort of get rid of him or get, you know, and but you just got to replace them. You, you you don't go down for a squad of about sixteen players. You want to have a squad of 20, 22 players, and and even if some of them, you know, appear to, will, will want to play first team football themselves. Obviously, mm. of course, some are going to move on. Um, but. You know, like like Piggott, Piggott may move on, but as, as Hutchie said, you know, there he's an Ipswich Town player, and there's a lot more factors in that than than just someone come and said we'll have him. Hmm. Well, you're gonna have to pay for him then. You know, I'm not gonna let him go. Um, Anything yeah. to add, Hutchie, before we move on? No, I think we've talked about a lot of those, haven't we? We talked about mm. Tyree Simpson to to death. I think um, I hope that gets sorted the right way for everybody. Mm. Um, Cladkey's an interesting one, and I, I think he will probably probably move on and then you do have to go and replace him obviously mm. um Harper I want to know what Kieran McKenna thinks Raheem Harper is and that's mm. uh, and that that'll kind of answer the the question as to whether he's where he and El Mazzuni sit um because I don't think you can carry both of them either so because I think they'll add a central midfielder to to Evans Morsi um then you've got a new midfielder one of the existing, and then Cameron Humphreys around as well. So I think mm. one of one of those will move on. And with it, both with El Mazzuni and Dobra, they've they've never they've both shown flashes of what they can do, but never fully grasped a place in this team, have they? Either mm. of them. I think Dobra Dobra is an interesting one as well. He'll come back, and I imagine he might get looked at in in the summer. But um, again, he's in a position where they're going to be adding players. So that's a difficult position for a young player to be in. If you're in a position where your manager is going out and adding players on top of bringing you into the mix as well, um, it's going to be it's going to be difficult. Mm, mm. Yeah, absolutely. And obviously, you have to throw Backinson into that equation in, in midfield potentially as well. Before we move on, there, uh, Hutchie, a small little break for your kit of the week over your shoulder, red and white stripes. I don't think this video is going to be going out this week, so you'll have to take my word for it. It's red and white stripes. Uh, my first thought was Sunderland, but I can't see you having a Sunderland kit. So nope. it's obviously, is it a Spanish kit? Nope. Any thoughts, Mike? What's it, that red and white thing in the background? That's it, red yeah. White, red and white stripes, Sheffield United. 
No, no it's, it's, a, it's a European kit, isn't it? Huxley? It's a European kit. Siemens. Oh, oh that's uh, that's um, Swindon. <laughs> it's not Swindon. Close. <laughs> close. What, close uh, geographically or close in the league position? I think uh, neither. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah, it's neither, it's neither of those things. Who is it, Hutchie? Put us out of our misery. Olympiakos. Ah, okay. Ah, yours. Your, your kit of the week. Are there any uh, recent arrivals in Hutchie's um, kit wardrobe? Yeah. Though I can't tell you because that'll ruin the game for for, oh, okay. for, for future weeks, it, it, won't it? You just you just rotating. How many are you getting in on a kind of weekly basis, delivery wise? Is it one or two a week? Uh not not quite that. Not quite that many. I reckon I maybe average two a month. You know, I so thought... when you you know when you buy a kit, Hutchie. Sorry, I just punched my microphone. Um, and it comes through the door. You obviously you already know what it looks like, I assume, because you bought it. Um, yep. and it comes through the door. You open it up. Little Hutchie's all smiling away. The only time he smiles and gets excited. Um. And then you, you see it, and do you immediately go, mm-hmm. or wow, and then just whack it on the thing, and, and it, go, it goes with all the rest? Is it just that that initial bit that is the, what keeps you going back, that initial high? Yeah. Or low? Or low. Yeah. yeah. What's, the, what's the one that you've, 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 what they call them, unboxing, isn't it? That's what they call it. Um, that you've unboxed and, and immediately had the biggest reaction to, in either positive or negative? Uh um, I don't know. Was it because the, the um old uh, Venezia, Venezia Venezia kit? Yeah, widely. I, I was reading a piece the other day, by the way, saying that they're the, the coolest club in the world, and their kits are widely seen as classics. Do you agree with that? Yeah, I think I think everything gets overhyped though. Yeah. I think they're, they're really nice. Yeah, but it's just massively overhyped. Um. They really, they are really nice. The biggest disappointment was that map one, the one with yeah. the map on it, the Brazilian one. Yeah, the fo- whoever did the Photoshop and kind of graphic design for the launch of that did, did an excellent job. It's um, yeah, it's not... really underwhelming. Yeah. Do you, do you want Do you want my Morecambe Town shirt? Yeah. Why have you got a Morecambe? Sounds, Morecambe sounds shirt? quite it sounds quite ominous the way. <laughs> why, why have you got a Morecambe shirt? I got a Morecambe Town shirt when Town played them when they were non-league back in two thousand and two or one when they played the FA Cup. A friend okay. got their Morecambe shirt. Do you want it? Do you want? Yeah. <laughs> don't 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 you don't you need it anymore? Two hundred quid. I'll swap it for an Olympiacos shirt and that 20-year-old Paris Saint-Germain okay. shirt that's on there. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah, okay, we'll do that. Yeah, so we'll swap these. So we'll have like, this is like multicoloured swap shop from the, all those years ago. So I'll bring, you can have my Morecambe 2002 home kit and I swap in it for your Olympiacos and that very tatty PSG top behind you, which is old. It's not tatty. It's in good condition for its age, mate. Trust me got- on that. Has it got Mbappe on the back? He was barely not, born not, when not that kit 20 was. Years old. Oh. Pauletta. <laughs> do you remember him? Who? It hasn't got anyone on the back, but it, oh. it, do you remember Pauletta, Portuguese no. striker? Never heard of him. This this kit screams screams him. Is it a large boys' kit, actually? It's a large male, large <laughs> adult, a large adult male kit. Uh before we move on from kits, what did you make? Because obviously we have to talk about um teams coming up next season. Forest Green's kit. Very eye-catching. What were your thoughts on that, Hutchie? 
love them. My friend Matt used to work was used to be the media manager for Forest Green, yeah, for many years. So I've uh, I've played clo- clo- close attention to them. They're made of coffee. You know that? What? Yeah, they're kind of they're made of they're made of like recycled mm. kind of coffee. I think. So if you melted it down, you could drink it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know how you do that, but some way. Or there's there's been a bamboo one. I think they've um, yeah, they put their money where their mouth is, or when it when it comes to eco down there, they're they're serious about it. It's not just a mm. gimmick. Mm. It's um, yeah, they're very serious. You're looking forward to going there, aren't you, Hutchie? What, what did yeah, you I am. I am, but I'm a bit annoyed because like, I've been I've been wanting Ipswich to play Forest Green in cups for years and years. So I could it'd be nice to have seen Matt, my friend. Mm. He's left there now; doesn't work there anymore. And then and then they get promoted. So I'm a bit sad about it. Typical. Uh, yeah. Let's probably move on from this. What I'd call a smaller side in the middle of the show before we talk about Mark Ashton. Um, we've been talking the last couple of weeks, Mike. You won't know about this because you don't listen to anything unless you're on it. But um, I'm, never, I'm never invited. <laughs> You've got your own spin-off show now. We're going to talk about that as well. Yes, um, I have. Yes, and I tell you what, my spin-off show is very popular as well. So and you're not invited on it. So there you go. Aren't I? I hosted the first one. That's the whole reason oh, it's yes, popular. You did, didn't you? <laughs> yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah. Um, anyway, Mike, we've been talking rather spuriously about ways of deciding games that don't involve playing, uh, mostly around board games. And one of the five-star reviews we've had on iTunes, of several we've had since last week, thank you very much, comes from Stephen Tolbert, who says... Surely Twister would be the best way of settling promotion instead of the playoffs. I feel quite angry we've not thought about this, Andy. I know Twister's not technically a board game, but that would be good TV. He says each manager would be forced to be smothered in some sort of lubricant, such as butter or WD-40, prior to participation. And he says my favourite managers for this would be surely Steve Evans. He who shall not be named. Uh, and Lars Lees, who is a, a massively tall boss at DSK Colm. Um, what a spectacle that would be, limbs and lard entwined to settle the season. I'm struggling to see a scenario where those two meet in a playoff final. That's, <laughs> yeah. my, that's my initial thought on that. But I like the idea of Twister, because it's, it's quite a visual, visceral game, isn't it? Um, is there a, If Town were forced, forced to compete in a, in a Twister tournament, Hutchie, who would you... Who would you put out? Who's the, mo- who's the most bendy, would you say, of Towns players? Ooh. Um, Obviously, you wouldn't want someone like Thomas Holy now no. moved on. You need a you need someone who's close. To, maybe Connor Chaplin, a low centre of gravity. But can he reach from corner to corner? Good point. If he, if Good he point. needs to do if he needs to do right hand red and he's mm. already got his left hand on the, the you yellow. Need a, you need a combination, don't you, of length and, and yeah. low centre of gravity. Maybe, maybe someone like Caden Jackson. Yeah. Might he's, be. he's wiry, isn't he? Might do the business. Flexible. Wolfenden. Wolfenden would love it. He couldn't <laughs> be bothered, though, Mike. He I wouldn't... know he might not be bothered, but he'd love it. He'd be brilliant. He'd be all over it. He'd... No, he wouldn't. He'd just give up straight away. He'd be like, well, uh, he'd, be, he'd have one foot on red and it says yellow. And he'd just like, no, nah, I can't be bothered with this, mate. I'm, I'm out of here. <laughs> See you later. Um, I like Jackson. I obviously got to be careful of the hamstrings with the old stretch there with Caden. Mm. Um, I'm trying to think of other... Mm, I reckon I reckon Caden's up there. Um, George Edmondson would be quite good, I think, because he, he does yoga. Um, yeah. He does, you can see him, he does kind of yoga on the pitch before games, um, does a yoga pose. So I think he, he must have some flexibility in him. Um, so maybe George Edmondson. Kane Vincent Young, oh, don't want to put Got him to through be careful. that. Got to be careful there. Um, Older Hladke was actually... Um, 
going back to the first game of last season, Dartford, where we saw him for the first time, he was doing some really rather painful and, and quite extravagant looking stretches pre-game. So maybe he'd be a, a safe pair of hands. If you'll maybe they keep him. They have to keep him then. <laughs> Just in case Twister comes in. Who knows? Right, enough of this nonsense. Let's talk about serious business. Mark Ashton, Hutchie, tomorrow, June the 1st, 2022, is the first anniversary of uh, Mr. Ashton taking over as town CEO. Me and Mike were there. Mike, if you hark back to those days, um, speaking to him on, on that very first day. Um, and you've written a piece for tomorrow's paper uh, and online as well, Hutchie. Your thoughts on how Ashton has performed um, over the first year. Do you want to, should we have a little roundtable chat about Mr. Ashton? You want to kick us off, Andy? Yeah, I think if we, to talk about Mark Ashton, if we first get out of the way, the fact that the team finished 11th in, in League mm. One and did not achieve what the goal was, I think we, we all know that didn't happen. And the ultimate aim of the football club was to get out of the championship in year, um, into the championship, sorry, in year one of the new ownership. So if, if we, if we get that fact kind of out the way mm. early doors, um, it's then, it's then hard to dispute any negatives to find any negatives. I, I would say from, from the course of the last year that he, he's arrived in a, in a position that Ipswich town were crying out for just to have mm. somebody in that position. And they've, they've appointed somebody who, has got an awful lot done in a year. Um, you look from the outside and you would look at Ipswich Town and you'd probably see a club that's that stood still on paper. But all of us connected to Ipswich Town, we, we see a club that's taken some big strides forward, a club mm. that's got this new can-do forward attitude um, and is in really good health and... It's not all down to him. He'd be the first to tell you it's not the Mark Ashton show, but he does head it all up, and it, and it's really you can't really grumble about what's happened at the club over over the last year, aside from the that what's happened on the pitch. But um, mm. I, I, I don't think you, I don't think anybody would be here saying that it's not been a really positive first year for for Mark Ashton at the football club. Mm. But Mike, as I say, we were, we were there day one and we stood talking to him. There's no doubt Mr. Ashton is an extremely impressive individual when you speak to him. Clearly very driven, passionate, uh, articulate, intelligent. Uh, and, and something there on day one, he was kind of looking around Portman Road, wasn't he? Um, with a, a sense of awe and being impressed at the the kind of history, I guess, of the stadium, but also being very honest about the state of the stadium and, and saying work was needed and, you know, we have to take pride in our home. Um, so fast forward now, twelve months almost to the day. Um, what have been your impressions of Ashton over the past year and and his main achievements in your book? Um, I think I think he's I think he's done well. I think he's done very mm. well. And I think Andy's absolutely right. You're going to be hard pressed to say well he hasn't done this and he hasn't done that. Um, he he came in very passionately with how he feels about Ipswich Town Football Club. He understands the history. He got that straight away. Mm. Um, Ipswich Town have lacked a leader, uh, lacked someone talking positive about the club for far too long, and and he does it in abundance. The Tyree Simpson in, uh, situation is interesting, how he talks about agents and stuff. He's putting Ipswich Town first, second and third, and that is what fans and all of us want to hear. That's what his job, that's what his job is, mind you, but he does mm. it with passion, and I, I think he's doing a very, very good job. Um, we've got somebody at the top who genuinely gets the club can see that, quite frankly, 11th place in League One is an absolute 
well, it's awful. There was no no position for the, a club of this standing, and he is mm. going to bend over backwards to try and do something about it. And um, and if that means off the pitch, on the pitch, um, you know, I, I've got no doubt he's influential in getting Kieran McKenna here. Well, we all know what we've sort of thought of Kieran since he's been here. There's a way he's going about things. Um, it's been a good year for Mark Ashton. He can look back, as Andy said, forget what's where Town have finished. That he, he can't, he can't play the game as well. I mean, I'm sure mm. if he, you know he could. He, he'd love to be on the pitch, but he can't do it as well. You know, Paul Cook thing hasn't didn't work, obviously. So we haven't really had a full year of a full man of one manager. Next year is going to be so interesting. Off the pitch with stuff going up around the ground and things, the fan zone looking lively, looking bubbly, players signing stuff beforehand with the fans, all this sort of stuff. It's all, you know, my, it's all so important to, to, to the nucleus of the club. And he gets mm. all that. Um, he's obviously very influential in the signings. He, he wants to get, he, he's a, he's a doer, isn't he? He's not a talker. He's a doer. And, um, and that's great. And I think he'll look, he'll look back on a decent, very decent first, first year at Ipswich town. Mm. I get the feeling sometimes Ashton would, would, if he could, he would, he would do everything. When you say he's a doer, he would be, He'd be doing everything, wouldn't he? He'd be making the pies, he'd be painting the uh, the turnstiles, he'd be, he'd be doing pretty much everything. Because I, I get the impression he's a man with very exacting standards. Um, Hutchie, the obvious question after what we think about is year one would be year two uh, and what needs to happen in the next year. Clearly, number one on that list is town have got to go up. By hook or by crook, town have got to go up next season. Or do they? Am I being... Too ambitious there. Do they just need to get themselves in a position where they can go up and it won't be the end of the world if they don't, if they miss out in the playoffs or for whatever reason? Or is it is it promotion or bust next season, would you say? I don't think it can be promotion or bust because there's, mm-hmm. I'm not... I'm not obvi- Obviously, they need to go up at some yeah. point to get this... to get, get this club moving properly forward again to where it needs to be. But promotion or bust is kind of... Well, what happens if they don't get promotion? Then are you turfing Mark Ashton out? Are you, are you sacking mm. Kieran McKenna regardless of the the circumstances? No, you're not because there's been so much so much good over this last year. The club is in really good health. It's just got one one piece missing. You, you talk about Mark Ashton potentially like wanting to do everything. I think he I I think there's part of him that would like to be able to do everything. But what mm. what I have noticed with, with, with him is that he has empowered others to do things. And that was something that was missing at Ipswich Town before. Um, Marcus Evans, obviously, as an absent owner, mm. didn't empower people to to do their jobs to the best of their ability. There were limitations there. There were things that were slow. Um, that's all gone. He's empowered. He and the ownership have empowered people, but he's not done it by himself. He, he He's done it by giving an enthusiasm to people to go and love their jobs again. And it, and it does, it does show. Mm. Um, and that, that's something that I, I think needs to, needs to carry on in, into next season. I think next season is going to be really interesting because another thing that he's done is, is build the structure of the club. Something Paul Lambert spoke about missing, not particularly articulately, but he spoke about it. He's built, he's built a structure. Now there's a recruitment department with Sam Williams as the head of recruitment. He's in, He's brought in a performance team that's now going to have a a, an, a full season, hopefully, with Kieran McKenna to mm. show. Uh, and these are the things that I want to see in League Two, um, in Year Two. I want to see these things come to fruition. I want to see the impact of the performance team, which which is great to to have been built. I want to see the impact now of having the head of recruitment in there 
Um, there's heads of departments in loads of areas, me- media, finance. They've appointed somebody to to basically manage Portman Road as a as a venue. Um, mm. And it's time for those sort of things to bear fruit. Um, and maybe maybe for Mark to step back a little bit and not be the public face of every area of the football club. I, I'd quite like to see year two in, include those things really come to the fore. And with some of them, particularly performance team, recruitment team, that can have a real impact on on um, on, on the pitch stuff. So I don't, I can't really say that that the board Ashton and the board could have done anything more to give to their managers over the course of the last mm. year. Um, but then it's up to them to to kind of take the next step. But I think they've put everything in place to allow that to happen. Mm. Mike, is it on that topic? Thoughts on year two for Ashton? I'll tell you what I want to see. Will you maybe have a little think about it? I want to see more of this. Yeah! That kind of over-the-top celebration that we saw at Lincoln. I love that. I know this is not going to be to everyone's taste, but I want to see more of that next season, please, Mark. And when Town do inevitably secure promotion, I want to see the full Hulk Hogan ripping of the shirt on the halfway line before a lap of honour, topless. Um, anyway, enough about me. What do you want to see, Mike? <laughs> well, that's fascinating, Heath, to be honest. Yeah, I like that. Yes, I'd like to see that as well. But no, um, look, yeah, it's got to be it's got to be massive progress on the pitch this year. There's been great progress off it, and and, and as Hutchie's just gone through a lot of what's going on off the pitch. And you're right, Mark. Mark Ashton's very. He, he's got a good team. He's getting good t- people around him now. It's on the pitch now. Mm. You know, it's a results driven business. It is on the pitch. This team has got to. You know, Kira McKenna. I. <laughs> You know, I'm not saying sadly for him because sadly is the wrong word. But if he's on a quite a bit of pressure this year to 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 come up with the goods, it isn't mm. promotional bust. Course it isn't. You, you got to you can't go like that. You have got to build things. But I would suggest you've got to be in that top six in and around most of the season. That's where you've got to be. Playoffs are a bit of a lottery anyway. I mean, as we've seen that with with all sorts of you know playoff mm. games, just that 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 comes with the, the territory. If you're only going to get the playoffs, you stand a chance of getting knocked out no matter how good a season you've had. So you want to finish top two, of course, just to yeah. They've, they've got to be in around that time. We just haven't had a season for so long, which has built up to, to you know, to be looking forward to the end of season playoffs or the or we're in and around the last half dozen games where, you know, we've been sort of, we spend most of our time talking about, you know, well, if uh, if Plymouth lose at home and Portsmouth lose their next two and we win our next seven and, and all that sort mm. of, we, we want to be in control. So it's on the pitch. I don't think Mark Ashton can do a lot more about that, to be honest. I mean, he's, he's set, he's, you know, he's set things up nicely. Year, this year for Kira McKenna and for year two of obviously new owners, it's it's got to be a minimum of the playoffs. Once you're in those playoffs, who knows? It'd be mm. great to go up top two. But And of course, you're going to say we've got to finish top two. I don't think we've got to finish top two. We'd love to finish top two. Of course we would. Um, but it's got to, I do think it's got to be top six. I really, We can't be more of this messing around, oh, 10th, 11th, oh, well, yeah, this and yeah, that. Not next season, we can't, I don't think. Yeah, the start's going to be so important, isn't it? The start basically handicapped them last season, didn't it? And they could never recover. Um, and generally speaking, sides who do start well end up going up, don't they? So uh, we will see. Um, Mike, I'm going to stick with you because I've already alluded to your spin-off show. You, you are so popular that mm. we've now given you your own project, your own vehicle, as they say in, in broadcasting speak. Um, and it's basically you meeting chatting with virtually um influential people like my friend Hutchie down there about their their favorite all-time town 11s kicked off with you um, i must stress at this point because people are still not quite grasping this concept that it's not the best 11 that would be one show 
everyone knows who town's best 11 all time is and it's basically starts and ends with 1981 clearly that's not the idea friends it's favorite and it doesn't matter if that favorite team isn't a particularly good team because it's personal to each person um so mike tell us a bit a bit more about this who, you, who you've been speaking to who you got coming up um and why you wanted to to do it yeah, well, this is, you're right, this has proved really quite fun and I've really enjoyed doing it. Um, but as, as the, uh, I was the, as sort of the mug who went first uh, with my favourite team, which did not include Kevin Beatty, which did not include Arnold Mill, which did not include, and I was completely pillory from, from start to figure out emails. You idiot, you idiot. Have you not watched this club for the last, where have you been? And I, oh, well, well, so I, I did rather have a wrath of, of fans, you know. Fool. There was one, there was one brilliant comment on, on that video on our YouTube channel, which just said, this is why you should leave it to professionals. Yes. No, no BT, no walk. And it's yes, like, well, yes, Mike, I, Mike literally is a professional. <laughs> well, so, I wouldn't yeah. mind, but I've actually, I've actually seen them since 1974. So, I mean, it's nice <laughs> I've not sort of never seen a town game. I mean, I've seen hundreds and hundreds. Uh, yeah. So I think I know my favourites. I think I could work out, you know, who's better at, with all due respect, Cole Skews and Franz Tyson. I mean, it's not, but who's <laughs> my favourite is a different thing. You know, I might yeah. prefer Cole Skews, you know, but... There you go. I think I could do that. But yes, yeah, so it's 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 taken us time to let's say bed its way in. But we've mm. bedded its way in now. And my friend Mr. Hutch there below with the Olympiakos shirt in the background um came out with his extraordinary favorite. It was wonderful, some wonderful stories from from Andy there. It was great. We, 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 you have to listen to it. You'll have to listen to the Mickey Stockwell bottle bank story and yeah. Andy Warren. Um and oh and Neil Thompson, of course, Andy. I keep forgetting about him. He's, he was there as well. Yeah, he was there. He was there. So this is a story you must listen to on Andy's. Um, so yeah, so um, we've done it. I've spoken to Andy. Um, I've also we've got Carl Fuller coming up this week, I believe. Uh, Carl's got some great stories. Carl Fuller does the Fuller flavour. He's he's actually another one who's got some cracking stories. I, 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 one player in a nightclub and, and stuff like that. So oh. there's some good stories in his eleven. Um, yeah. Today, I've, today I've spoken to Stephen Foz Foster um, from BBC Radio Sub, or, or was of BBC Radio Sub, of course, the PA announcer. He's got some. He, he includes a current town player who's in the current town 11 uh in his 11 um i'm speaking um to rob chandler uh, from great stitch radio and formerly of pa announcement at portman road as well oh, oh gosh i've even asked phil ham i mean come on hammy where the hell are you i mean i've asked you well i don't know what you're doing you come back to me you got to think about it. you got to think that long phil come on just get back to me and uh philly ham will hopefully do it and we'll, we'll get a couple of town fans as well um you know current so but it's been fun, I must be honest. Um, and it's it's interesting that, I mean, of course you get quite a bit from, you know, you, of the older top players. But, mm. yeah, some one or two thrown in there, which is good. And we've got, obviously, also, you negated to mention your fellow kings. We've got Watson, Halls, Heath coming up. I've got some well, I don't know what, What's yours going to be? I've got to do you. I'll, I'll leave you right to the end, I think. Yeah, that's what the people want. That's the one that will keep people guessing. My you team can't just have Drin and it playing everywhere, you know. I mean, it's just, <laughs> you have got to think of other players. He, he is on the bench. Um, I do have bench, my team. Yeah. It's an eclectic mix, but there's quite a lot of strong stories behind it. Um, yeah. So I'm looking forward to sitting down and doing that with you. Hutchie, obviously, Bacon, we've got him a vehicle uh, for his, his his immense talents. What what vehicle can we get you? What, what can we do for you, show-wise? Andy Warren presents meets talks about what would, what would be your idea, ideal oh, vehicle? I, I, I do enough talking don't i <laughs> you don't need you don't need they don't need any more of me put me in a put me in hibernation for the summer and oh. then, I'll, then, I'll, then i'll come back with a with a show about football kits and squad numbers that'll be yes. that'll be what i do squad number obviously we when you mentioned that what what number should freddie uh, ladapo be wearing next season hutchie well, the ten the ten shirt is vacant, which he's worn a lot. 
Mm-hmm. Um, he's also won 19 a lot, which Caden Jackson currently has. So I, I, I think he'll end up with the number 10 shirt. What if okay. he had? What if he was number 98 or something, Hutchie? Then he can go and play in Serie A. <laughs> oh, yes. I knew that would get you. Can you actually utilize this, Hutchie? If he wanted to be number 98, could he? Are there rules that say you can, you can have whatever so. number you want? Yeah, well, Sam Morsi's wearing 55, isn't he? Of course. Can... Yeah, yeah. Ipswich's, I'll be honest, Ipswich's squad numbers were a bit of a mess last season, weren't they? Let's be, mm. let's be honest. 55, 43, 44. Um, yeah, no, yeah, he could wear it if he wants. He just what's, did, the, um, what's the worst number you've ever seen a player wear? Um, I think when Inter came when Inter came here in two thousand and one, there was some interesting one. I think someone had seventy seven. Francesco Coco, seventy seven. Yeah, he was a, do you remember him, Mike? Yeah, I do. Yeah, well, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna check that. Yeah, but I think yeah. he was number seventy seven. But 99 is my worst. I mean, so you get some, you see some it's, it, players have 99 on that. I mean, what is that? It's just as, it's almost to say, like, I don't, you know, I don't want to be here because I, <laughs> I, I can't have 101. So I'm just going to have 99. So I can't have three numbers. So I'm not going to have 100. So but, I have 99. So I, I, really, I literally want to go. Ronaldo wore, um, Ronaldo wore 99 at um, AC Milan. I think I, I was wrong. It wasn't Coco, Francesco Coco. It was Okan Burak. The, he was a Turkish midfielder. He was number for seventy-seven for uh, for Inter that night. So uh, yeah, Nicola Ventola as well. He was number seventy-eight. Remember him? That's um, yeah. It's not. It's these not are great. these are defensive linemen numbers in in American football. Actually. Not anymore. They're not. Well, they're no, all over the fair, place as all, well. All over the place now. What number would you wear, Andy? I'm a number twelve. The twelfth. That's my. 12th, that's, my 12th, that's my number. The twelfth man, Mike. What would you be? Number one, I'd imagine. Well, of course, I'd be number one. But if I couldn't be number one, because I'm not tall enough to be in goal, I'd be number seven. Seven. Oh, a classic mm. number. Kevin well, Keegan. You're thinking of Ronaldo, aren't you? I'm thinking Kevin Keegan. No, no, absolutely. You don't remember him, do you? Yeah. yeah. I'd love to see you with Keegan hair. You did have it back in the day. I did. I did. No, I did. I did. I used to have a, I used to have a little pervy frizzy hair. Yeah, I did back in the back in the eighties. That was the in thing. God, well, we, we, we need to find a, we need to find a picture of Bon Jovi, Mike Bacon, to share. Yeah, with we, used to, um, we used to strut down to to the Swan and the Gold Lion on the Cornhill on with our with our you know with our white trousers on and our you know, <laughs> it was, it was big gold chain, big gold chain frizzy hair. You, 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 oh. you, those are the days, mate. The eighties. What a time! What a time to what be time alive. To be alive. Right then, friends, we're coming up to an hour. Um, we've had some good chat. We've had some serious chat. And we've had some, quite frankly, nonsense chat. Um, boys, anything else to mention? Anything else to chuck in before we take our leave? Obviously, we've got the uh, the Queen's Jubilee weekend coming up. Um, so I'm sure we'll be off to street parties and bedecked with bunting, um, which means that this is why we're, we're doing it early, plus the signing. Um, we won't be back now until next week. Ross is off, so there will be no fan social, but there will be uh, a Mike Bacon meets favourite 11 with Carl Fuller this Sunday at 6am. So look out for that. Hutchie, you got anything to, to mention? Ipswich are playing Wimbledon in pre-season. I've got nothing more to say about that. <laughs> July the 16th at Plough Lane. Um, and it's also, it's a double header, isn't it? With the, the women playing afterwards, which is quite nice. Yeah. A nice touch. And that's the first of many pre-season friendlies to be announced. Mike, anything to discuss other than reminding people to listen to your podcast that comes out on Sunday? Well, no, no, Heath, very much no other business from me, really. It's, uh, it's been thoroughly entertaining and it's nice to be invited back again. I seem to have been um, sort of pushed out to the side. Look, a few of my fans have been stopped me in the street just asking where I've been. I said, well, he's not inviting me. I said, Let's, um, <laughs> keep, keep hashtagging hashtag more bacon. I see from one of those five star reviews came from someone yep. 
be called more bacon. I mean, I don't know what, don't know what you don't see in me, but there you go. That's um, too, uh, friend. Too much bacon is bad for you. Your doctor will ah, tell you that. We need to ah, just have just the right amount of bacon. Um, and by way of ending this on a high for you, Mike, um, I yes. put out this morning. Town tweeted that Renee Gilmartin, their goalkeeper's coach, is thirty-five today. To which I put out a, a, a tweet about how I lamented the fact that not only now am I older than considerably older than all the players, I'm now older than most of the coaches and the manager. Someone replied, aren't you also older than all of the journalists who cover Ipswich Town, uh, mm. including Mike Bacon? Mm. So, <laughs> well, yes, you are. So, I mean, well, exactly. Looks, looks, looks don't lie, my friend. There you looks go. Yeah, I've often said that you are Benjamin Buttoning. You're, you're getting younger mm. as we all get older. Um, so, yeah, I mean, clearly... You, you, found the fountain, you found the fountain of youth, Mike. So there you go. <laughs> a high spot on which to end with. Just a reminder, friends, to use the code Coe at manscaped.com to support our sponsors uh, and also get 20% off and free delivery from all the stuff they've got on manscaped.com and follow us across all social media, Kings of Anglia on YouTube, Twitter, Instagram and Facebook, especially YouTube if we could. Um, and that's it, friends. So have a great Jubilee bank holiday weekend. Um, whatever you're doing, we will be back next time, hopefully, to discuss more exciting news at Richwich Town. Have a great one. From true crime to football, Brexit to postal. For more great podcasts from Archon, head to audioboom.com slash channel slash Archon. Archon, head to audioboom.com slash channel slash Archon.